This is our seventh episode, and our topic today, <laughs> episode. <laughs> this is our seventh episode, and our topic today is community statements of interest. Bring on the new. It's actually a continuation of our six, and um, at the recent planning advisory committee meeting, the members were presented with a draft of the proposed municipal planning strategy uh, that has resulted from a review process that we started in March of 2015. In the sixth episode, we discussed some of the aspects uh, of the strategy and the overall purpose of this uh, strategy, like its predecessors, was to provide council and the general public with a framework for making decisions with respect to development and public infrastructure. Unlike its predecessor, this strategy takes on a new approach to development, promotion, and control mechanisms and this plan reflects Council's desire to have a plan that is more of an enabler. We'll now continue with our discussion on these statements of community interest. Yeah, I'm going to stop you, though, and you never said who you are. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I, I Our resident thespian. <laughs> the secret Neil is Neil Rogers. We're getting Getty. <laughs> <laughs> We've been at this for too long. Anyway, hi, I'm Neil Rogers. I'm a member of the Planning Advisory Committee for the Town of Yarmouth, and Caroline has asked me to introduce this episode, this seventh episode, <laughs> on our municipal planning strategy. And I'm going to stop while I'm ahead. I'll let uh, everyone else take over from now on. And I'm Martha Cassidy, and I'm the uh, I'm on the Planning Advisory Committee, and uh, really enjoying learning what's going on. Hello, I'm Madeline Dawes. I'm councillor here in the town of Yarmouth. I've been on the PAC committee for a few years. Uh, and I, uh, for the last 39 years, I have practiced uh, in the uh, estate planning industry, although I'm semi-retired now. I'm Nick Doucette. I'm the IT administrator here, kind of in charge of the audio setup we have going here. He's gesturing to the setup. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm just a... All a this. Yeah, Nick's all, this. all this. Nobody can see what this is, <laughs> but that's what I'm going towards. I'm just a, a regular resident that'll be chiming in on what I think of what the MPS and the improvements of the MPS will bring. Nick's become a planning expert from listening to us record all of these episodes. He's been the silent partner, listening, learning, and now he's ready to get <laughs> his opinion in, in there. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> yes. And I'm Caroline Robertson. I'm your town planner. Um, so we, this is part two. We are giddy because we just did part one and we've been sitting here for a while. Um, so please, we encourage you to go back and listen to part one. Um, for this episode, we are going to continue along um, these with these statements of community interest, these areas uh, that have been outlined within the new proposed municipal planning strategy. Um, we in in the previous episode, we outlined um, the site plan approval process and how that would work and how um, it would streamline development that was willing to uh, conform to these statements of community interest for specific areas. Um, these statements were developed uh, based on some on public participation that was performed over the last year, so they should be a reflection of what you, the public, would like to see happen with development in the town of Yarmouth. So today we are talking about them. Um, and before we get started, I want to invite you all on May 3rd, 
Tuesday, May 3rd at 7 o'clock p.m. in Council Chambers. Um, the Planning Advisory Committee will be welcoming the public to come in and provide their insights on, these new s on this new proposed strategy. So we'll be doing a public participation opportunity. So anybody out there who's interested, enjoying what they're hearing on the podcast and want to let us know what they think, um, feel free to drop by next Tuesday and have a conversation with us. And if you're thinking about coming and you're not really sure, please decide to come because it's way better when you show up and we actually get to talk to you. <laughs> so we and hear welcome. from you. Exactly. Um, so we just finished talking about the downtown commercial area, our vision for there and um, seasonal retail uses. Uh, the next area of interest is our waterfront. Um, there's two statements for the waterfront. The first is to um, is looking at the waterfront within the downtown and the south end of town for Water Street and looking at maintaining and continu continuing to enhance the water industry industrial uses that are happening there. And the idea is to only allow uses that complement that area. Um, there's also a recommendation that the town work with the Waterfront Development Corporation to develop a waterfront uh, strategy for that area before we allow any other uh, new developments to happen there so that we can we only have so much waterfront land so the idea is to do it right do it well and and make sure that um, the waterfront development corporation is well involved in that process mm -hmm. the second statement for the waterfront is for a new mixed-use area that we is being proposed for the north end of Water Street, so up towards Milton Corner. Um, it's looking specifically at the old cotton mill building, um, which is scheduled for demolition. And the idea behind this statement is that, um, well, I'm, I'm just going to read the goal first and then we can discuss it. The goal is to expand the development options in this area that are not suitable for water-related industry and stimulate growth. So that area, that portion of the, of the harbor is, is shallow and maybe not as appropriate for water industry as the rest of Water Street. And for that reason, we're open to considering more mixed use for, to happen. So we're going to stimulate growth by, one, permitting mixed use development. Two, collaborating with the Yarmouth Waterfront Development Committee. And three, take a proactive stance, reaching out and inviting development to the waterfront. Um, and the idea is that, that particularly that large site, that this new concept would allow for redevelopment by development agreement that meets the strategy for either the redevelopment of that existing cotton mill building and some of the existing industrial buildings that are in that area on the waterfront and allow for mixed residential, commercial, and light industrial um, with walking trails, active transportation, and greenery, uh, beautification of that area. Um, or it would allow for, should those buildings be demolished, it would allow for us to enter into a development agreement to allow a new building to be built in that area that would reflect those values. Um, so, what do you guys think about that? <laughs> Is the north end of town the only, I know the south end you're looking at mainly fishing and industrial, but is there any other part within, let's say, the you know, the waterfront area that could lend itself also to more mixed use? Or is it just the north end that 
is being considered? Well, we already have our waterfront commercial industrial zone, which right. is part of the central business district. Mm -hmm. And that area allows pretty much everything that we allow in our downtown commercial zone and then also allows waterfront which industrial. Which has mixed uses already. Yes. Okay. So all that is allowed. So that's our area. We say Grand Street to Forest Street. That's already allowed on Water Street. Um, what we're looking at is the area just a little bit further north where you see a lot of um, larger industrial buildings. They're older buildings and they're not being used to their full potential, um, which I think I think is more of a fact than than uh, an opinion mm -hmm. <laughs> at this point when you look at those mm -hmm. buildings. Yes, yep. there's uses there. I don't want to see those uses gone, but I, I just want to see more happening in that area. And that's sure. what this, this statement is intended to um, support. So you're talking the water side of of uh, Water Street, or um, I think I don't have the LUB portion in front of me, but I think this is intended both for both sides, sides of Water both Street, sides of Water Street. Um, between Vancouver um, and the other side, right up to the cotton mill on the other s to the okay. end of its property towards the south. I think the idea of restricting residential use is not a bad one, but there are existing properties whose side yards <laughs> are on Water Street. Yeah, and existing properties continue to be uh, permitted. They would okay. be grandfathered in. Um, I had some really, myself, Morris, and Jeff, the consultants uh, for this project, we had a really interesting uh, experience. We were welcomed <laughs> with open arms to the Waterfront Development Corporation meetings, Good. and they actually gave us tours of all of the business owners' facilities along Water Street. And their biggest concern was that they didn't want to be pushed out. They, they provide their own service to the town of Yarmouth. Absolutely. Um, an important service. And, and an important, they bring a lo uh, money into our economy because they export. So I think we've talked about this maybe on the podcast before, where, you know, a dentist is great. It's a service we need in the town. But they're just collecting money from people that already <laughs> live in the town. Mm -hmm, and it's, mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not stimulating growth. It's just moving money around. Whereas these types of businesses, they're, they're bringing, bringing new money. money into our community that can be spent at uh, the dentists and 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 be generated yep. around within our, within yep. our community. So that's a really important um, industry that we want to continue to maintain. So there was concerns about things like bed and breakfast uh, motels, sure. um, residential uses that if they were to set up in that area, and I can see them wanting to because it's an absolutely gorgeous area and there mm -hmm. is some vacant vacant property along Water Street, that they might raise property values, um, and as a result, Too industry high. might not be able to operate there. Or even if we put policy in place right now that said that water industry was our primary use and we would allow s residential there secondary, but they had to be able to be compatible or work with the waterfront industry, even if we put something like that in, they were afraid that maybe later on, once the residential happened, that the residents would have a problem with the smell or the noise, or they yes. wouldn't realize what it was about. They'd yeah. come to council and say, council, you can't allow this industry to keep happening, and, mm -hmm. and slowly they would be pushed out. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. So I did a whole bunch of research because at first I thought, oh, they're wrong. Look at that beautiful land. And it could be we need residential. We could use some higher end residential. Mm. Let's put it in there. And I did so much research. I read a lot of articles and I tried to find uh, uh, 
town or an area that was similar to ours that had good planning policy that allowed for mixed water. They allowed it continued the working waterfront to continue, but also allowed residential to happen. Mm -hmm. And all I found were articles that said the waterfront industry ended up being pushed out when this happened, and articles supporting policies like ours where where we restrict residential and that we it's solely for the waterfront industrial. So. Well, would, it, would you define the waterfront area then, please? I'm looking from the tourism, from the Nova the Scotia Harbor. Tourism Bureau on Water Street up to, say, the sewer treatment plant. Oh, that's south. Yes. Yeah. That's where I'm looking. For the waterfront mixed area where we are going to allow residential, that is from like seafood gardens up to to Milton, Milton. Corner, Vancouver yep. Street. All Does right. that make now sense? How far into into town? Uh, just Water Street is all we're looking at. So it would be any property fronting on Water Street. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. So all right. What because because um, um, our our uh, working waterfront. Uh, the uh, the businesses there, their concern was uh, they were hoping for a 400-foot buffer. Yes, and this would give them that because it's working off Going of up. the cotton mill area more than, and that's where there's no industry at the moment. Yeah. Well, um, to me, waterfront, waterfront to me is, is, is from one end of town to the other. Yes, we've defined, we've defined two different areas yeah, that are going to have yeah. two different directions. Yeah. Well, but to me, our waterfront is yeah. one of our greatest assets, if not the greatest asset that we have here in town. Okay. I agree. It is a working. For, for greater clarity, I've, and when I've been talking about this with the consultants, I've been calling the cotton mill area the waterfront north mixed-use area. Um, if that if that helps, we can continue to call it well, that. That makes that makes sense because it it's not as industrial um, as it's it is industrial, but it's not as visibly industrial. I mean, the buildings are the buildings, and what goes on inside them is inside. There, um, there was a lot of businesses in that building at one point. Like yes. I remember like the recycling be depot being inside of there and then yep. they moved out of there. So how many businesses are left in those buildings that you're aware of? There's I think there's three or four in the area that that were that were in the building that is now being considered for demolition or, or scheduled for demolition and they've been asked to move out within a certain date so they're looking for new locations in the town. Oh, okay. But yeah. there uh, th uh, 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 do I understand that there the other two ends of that building yes. are remaining? They are. Yes. yes. They are. Okay. Um and they are owned by separate groups, groups who have their own plans for those. Okay. But they could also use this strat this new strategy to do anything they would like with them really to I think they would go through development and you've agreement. had yeah. conversations with them correct have you talked to them about that those sides of the buildings at all and and your plan for 
the waterfront area at all, or they haven't really been in the mix? Um, you know, I haven't talked to them directly, but I know of their plans, and they've been speaking with uh, other waterfront. with the council and the Waterfront Development Corporation, and with our CAO and our Economic Development Officer. So okay. they've been they've engaged a lot of other town entities who have been communicating right with on. me. Yep. Um, and and there's no way that that these proposed strategies would if nothing if anything else they're just providing for a lot more opportunities to happen there yeah. so that it it's economically viable to try and and save these buildings well and the uh, and the waterfront north as you describe it basically has shallow water frontage so very shallow yeah so it but it doesn't you know when i first moved here this smell at low tide was <coughs> unpleasant um, and with the with the construction of and the operation of the sewage treatment plant within two years the 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 it was so much better it's just unbelievable <coughs> so the north part you're you're restricting residential use on the waterfront in the north area mm -hmm. okay which is <laughs> It sounds like we're being restrictive, but currently there's no residential use allowed no, there at all. Yeah, so we're actually opening it up to allow residential in that area. Okay. We're just not going to allow it in the areas where we've got the working water. Where you've occurring. already got it. Okay. Uh, okay. That that makes sense. And to that me. north end of the waterfront area would would lend itself very nicely. Pardon me. That north end of the waterfront area would lend itself very nicely to sort of. Um, a multi-unit type residential complex. Mm -hmm. I Absolutely. think so. With water yep. frontage. If there's a yep. developer Absolutely. out there listening, we're talking about this beautiful yeah. old uh, <laughs> industrial building oh. that could just be, you know, beautiful lofts and art Like I can just picture it in that they've buildings like this have de been developed elsewhere and have been extremely successful developments. I would love to live in that. Oh, yeah, I would too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Cool. You know, not yeah. too many communities in the world can boast that they are seaside communities. Yeah. That's true. We can. Yeah. And with working and planning together, yeah. all, uh, like yeah. everyone together, sitting, talking, planning, sharing, um, and there's room for everyone, like industrial, commercial, residential, public green spaces, waterfront restaurants, the arts, oh. mm -hmm. you name it. There's room. And we are looking at allowing complementary uses to waterfront industrial in the south end of town. So things like restaurants, which currently are not allowed, they would be permitted. Okay. And in this so area here, have the been north end, for for years. Yeah. you may not you may not see um, something happen right away. But what you're doing is enabling a strategy that could be used in the future. Because yeah. as we stated in our mm -hmm. sixth episode, this becomes enacted by the province. It's it's sort of the future of where we want that north end of the waterfront to uh, to to go to go into what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it may not happen right now, but no, you're I'm putting not in saying place that someone's doing that. No. I'm just trying to make it possible that if somebody had vision, we're facilitating for it. Exactly, yep. and that's yeah. really all we do in planning. So uh, how? How much of a concern is the um, is is the the rising of the water, <laughs> climate change, mm. uh, 
et cetera. I, I mean, I think it's a concern on Water Street, uh, particularly in this area, that waterfront north. Mm-hmm. Um, that area is very low lining. Um, any new development that happens there, even new use within existing buildings, they have to comply to our climate change okay. adaption okay. Uh, regulations. Um, they have to be built up to on, a sl- like on stilts or have the basement on done a certain way so that it's only use like parking uh, can occur <laughs> there. Um, that would be okay. It's 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 scarier. Yeah. It's scarier than 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 we thought and were told a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. Um, it just keeps getting worse and worse. Yeah. The scientists they keep uh, at the uh, last sustainable communities conference that I uh, I attended in Ottawa. I uh, spent the very first day with uh, academia. Mm-hmm. That first day it was it was targeted just for the environmental environmentalists, mm-hmm. the uh, uh, the environmental planners of, of towns, and uh, we talked about seaside, uh, uh, oceanside, seaside communities, and these hundred year storms. We're not waiting a hundred years; they're they're already happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, municipal planning strategies and land use bylaws, planners, uh, communities all around are reevaluating today. Mm-hmm. We're not okay. saying development can't happen there either. We're no. just saying it has to be done in a way to protect the property owner and okay. to protect the town. Okay. Um, just has to be done right Kay. so that it can last through our storms and, and, and uh, seawater rise. I'm assuming that the Waterfront Development Committee is is on board with, with all of this and probably was doing it and worried about it and so on before we were. Yes. Yeah, okay. I think they're, uh, everything that I heard from them is fairly reflective in, in what we've written. Excellent. I'm not sure, so sure. They're businessmen. <laughs> yep. They're not scientists, so I'm not sure how, how active they are on. I hope it doesn't offend them, but uh, when it comes to climate change and all those kind of things, but I, I think they're supportive of the concept. It's not going to impact their business because they're water industry. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so that is our waterfront area. Now I did, excuse me just a sec, I did look up from this outline, I, I looked it up. One thing we have to do is figure out what we mean by obnoxious in the definition of the businesses because I think what we want is tidy. I'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean... Many people will go with that. Yeah. Uses have to be wholly enclosed within buildings. It, in the waterfront north area and in the waterfront commercial area, there's a lot okay. more uh, controls around that. In waterfront industrial, it's an industrial area. We let a lot. We're a little bit... I mean, they're operating a business there. Okay. Um, Would be nice if reasonable. they were tidy. <laughs> I believe planning's favorite word has always been opaque fences. Yes, oh, we we okay. do require that <laughs> when they're when when they're adjacent to a use that is so not compatible. Ro- so rose bushes qualify. Um, we allow a pack <laughs> we allow vegetation that you can't see through that goes mm-hmm. to a certain height. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. It has to be mm. though. I think it's six feet is the the requirement. Yeah. That's about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. So the next area 
that we're looking at actually is all of our residential areas. And the goal is to ensure that residential development is cost effective and makes good use of existing infrastructure while respecting the architecture of the area. Um, so the idea is that we want to, there's a lot of lots available right within our town that's on existing services and we'd like to see those developed. Mm -hmm. um, and we're gonna do this by one, allowing for flexible lot sizes and wider range of residential uses, and two, ensure new developments are compatible with the adjacent properties. So we're trying a new approach. Um, the previous municipal planning strategy had very strict side yard, front yard, setbacks, height restrictions, um, when it came to new residential properties. The problem was, <laughs> It was, a, it was blanketed over all our residential areas, and some of our residential areas are uh, historical, they're, they have very architecturally significant um, properties, and, then s and some of our areas are newer, or they're wartime subdivisions. Like, we have a, quite a mix of different types of, of properties, and they all are set differently on their, on they're on set differently lot. on their lot. They are of different scales. So what this policy tries to do, instead of having a blanket, uh, blanket restrictions around lot requirements and, and height and that kind of thing, we have a statement around it where it has to be, it has the new development has to meet the scale um, and the the um, the. It just—it has to the be appearance? compatible. The appearance of the adjacent properties—that's the idea. So it's—it's it's a new approach. It's trying to, because the way we were doing it before, it—the intent was there. It just wasn't successful in doing it. So this is a new way where it has to—it has to fit that street that it's going on because our streets change. So before, if I wanted to build a much smaller home with little less side and front yard on a smaller lot, I would have to do it through a development agreement. And it may or may not be approved by the town under the ba under the existing policy. Not a single family home. Okay. Um, so, I going on your example before, if you wanted to build a smaller home on a smaller property, um, you might have had trouble meeting the lot and yard requirements mm -hmm. of the previous bylaw because the previous bylaw blanketed our residential areas and it was trying to maintain a certain amount of characteristics within our historic areas. So basically because of that that policy that was in place, if you wanted to build a smaller home in an area where it wouldn't make sense and it would look okay, you weren't allowed because we had this blanket policy that was trying to maintain the character of existing um, the existing historic areas. But it wasn't really maintaining the characteristics of the historic areas, and it was prohibiting these kind of developments that that could make sense in other areas. Right, and so that's so being this changed. would allow it. Yes, okay. um, this also is looking at allowing um, more multi-unit uh, development. development to happen, provided it looks a certain way, mm -hmm. um, and it can go uh, good uh, throughout the town. Um, good, and but you're going to focus the development of those type of units in areas that have infrastructure in place now exactly yep. so you're gonna you're gonna make the make the build up those new area those areas that have the infrastructure in place before you start 
spending money on putting in new sewer, mm. new water. New exactly. Water so we're so saving okay. taxpayers money. We're not going to let it, we're, we're going to encourage it to happen yeah. Yeah. in smart areas where it doesn't cost as much money to have it happen. And if you remember um, from and your time on the planning right. advisory committee, we often had development agreements come in for four unit buildings, which yep. really is not that large scale. We'd have to go through the whole development agreement process. Um, and it didn't really seem like it was necessary. And really all we wanted, and we talk about it and we couldn't even do it through development agreement, was that it fit the scale of the area. So this is allowing higher density uses to occur, provided that they fit in that area. Um, so goal number two, ensuring new developments are compatible with adjacent properties. Could you change the word, could you understand by the word compatible appearance? Um, it's, these goals are my, they're, I have summarized these statements. Yes. So it's a lot clearer in the statement. I don't think it has to change because I, it, it, I, I can I'm not trying to change the word. I'm just trying to, to understand because compatible could just mean in terms of use. Yes. Which would not necessarily... But the word compatible, <laughs> the word compatible was me summarizing it for you. The actual okay. statement doesn't use compatible. The actual statement is the following. Encouraging infill in existing residential areas is prudent and cost effective in that it consolidates neighborhoods and makes good use of existing infrastructure. It is in the interest of the community that new development respects the architecture of the area and is compatible with adjacent properties. So it says both, I guess. Okay. New buildings permitted under site plan approval will be in scale with, with other buildings in the area, including setback, main floor, elevation, roof line, and height. Proposals will support the urban character of the area and allow for side yard parking and access to the rear yard. Proposals will have landscaping elements that are visually appealing and assist in stormwater runoff control. Site grading plans will limit water runoff onto adjacent properties to current uh, pre-construction levels. Walking, cycling, and the use of transit will be encouraged. I have a smile from ear to ear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. So that <laughs> statement is a lot more uh, comprehensive. I'm trying and to say yeah. Every time I read it, I can think, oh, that's all right. And then I looked at this one and thought, oh, mm. oh okay. Yeah, I, I'm was, happy. That was me. Happy, happy. <laughs> it's, it's been obvious for, for a number of years now that architecture is paramount and the majority of folks in town they all agree that that it should yeah. be that, that it yeah. should stay in keeping with the town's history. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, uh, they're tired of the um, these small pockets that are surrounded by houses built in the 1800s. No, those ones that are built in the in the 18 in the 1800s, they're they're just small pockets of them left. Oh yes, yes, and, and they are surrounded by all this new builds from the. 20s, 30s, 50s, 70s, uh, yeah. and on the same street in the same neighborhood, they're 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 surrounded by a hodgepodge of five or six different different styles, and people people don't like that anymore. No, uh, visitors they notice it right away, and they they've been commenting. Yeah, they don't think it's interesting. No, they don't. No, no, they don't. Neither I do. Neither do I. Think it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> when I came to visit here, when I came down for my job interview, and I was checking out Yarmouth, and I hadn't been here since I was a kid, and I was looking, and I was like, 
oh, Derek. Derek's my husband. Look at the wartime subdivision over here, and look at how. Like, well, look you at see these there now. I can you just defined it as a subdivision. Yes. <laughs> what? What? Uh, what we're what talking about isn't a is not a subdivision. No. No. Yeah, they're hodgepodge. They've been plunked in yeah. the area. Yeah. yeah. No, I was much more interested in the fact that there was little segregated areas of interesting development. As I traveled through the town, Some I could see how the town see that. has changed, Absolutely. which is very interesting. Any yep. planners out there who want to go on vacation, come to Yarmouth, Yarmouth. <laughs> because we have some really interesting placement and, and architecture. Yeah. Yes. Um, so everybody's in agreement that Happy. we like the idea of infilling in existing residential areas. Mm -hmm. um, the next one is compatibly. also yeah. compatibly, <laughs> <laughs> and what that means yeah. through <laughs> through the statement. Um, our next areas, it's we're calling. Then our next statement is for our large mixed use developments, and we've targeted two areas in town that we'd like to see large mixed use developments occur. Um, the first one is located to the south of Stars Road, mm. um, and the second one is in the southeast quadrant of town at the top of Argyle Street. Um, the I love these two, and I and I made notes on it, so I'm gonna let I'm gonna let everyone else speak yeah, on the first. They're cool. I'm wondering how to explain them because the listeners oh at home can't quite see. Because what we've done is we've come up with concept plans for these areas. And those concept plans are going to be available on the new website. They are. The website. <laughs> so you can go check them so out. That's you right. gotta check go them look out. at them. And sign up. <laughs> and subscribe to, to our to newsletter. newsletter. Yeah. I'm gonna um, check to see if you're not getting paid for each plan. I know. I <laughs> <laughs> He's my assistant. I'm going to hire him to work in the planning department. He's good at this. I yeah. know. He knows. He listens to what I have to say. Um, so but really, if they want to see the concept, that's where to go. Because that's right. It's yeah. hard that's to where describe it is. It, it is yeah. very it hard is to a, describe. It is, it, to me, in that area, I'm talking about south of Stars Road. Uh, I mean, you've got a beautiful park-like setting up there already with the Mountain View Cemetery, and there's also a nice, beautiful walking trail going through there mm -hmm. from the school, you know, from Parade and the school mm -hmm. over. And But I could see kind of uh, low-impact traffic, not traffic flowing through it, but traffic going just into it, and then really developing a kind of pedestrian bike friendly type of access over to the shopping center and start I, I don't know if I'm describing that area I, as yeah. well as I should be I think I mean part of the concept is these active transportation mm -hmm. right. paths and the idea is and I've, I've explained this in the past so municipalities have the authority to require that five percent of a uh, land during a new subdivision so when they're subdividing large piece of land getting it ready for development they can require either that the developer give five percent maintain five percent of the land for parkland to their choice what to land their choice yeah. or they can pay the the municipality the value of that park land um, and in the town of Yarmouth we only accept payment um, and that's probably good. I think I've heard a lot of people be like, oh, but we could use the parkland and the green space. But in other municipalities where they allow the parkland to be given, they often end up with the worst part of that area. It's swampland, it's, it's whatever, it, it can't be, it's not really all that usable. I have an amazing example of that. Southwestern, uh, Ontario requires the same thing. Mm -hmm. And one subdivision that was developed 
and they they set it up so they have to set aside room for a church and a school and then a playground and in the instance of the playground it came at the juncture and it was like a triangle so the swing swang, swung out over one street the teeter totter if you <laughs> if you weren't careful the teeter totter would land you on the sidewalk next to the other street so it, it, you know, the, they had a teeter-totter and a swing set and uh, a picnic table all in a space smaller than this room is. And everything just kind of... <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking northwest quadrant, I'm sure. W northwest quadrant well, where? No, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. No. Go ahead. Okay. Go no, ahead. no. I, it's sorry, just but I that's an example to, uh, of what happens when I could see it. So yeah. The best uh, yeah. So the developer. So this is better. So what? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yes, we absolutely. I think so. Except now we're going to try something new, where we are actually going to call uh, active transportation paths or trails mm -hmm. um, that have to be designed to a certain standard. We are going to be willing to accept them as parkland. Um, okay. And we, and part of these concept plans, there's a number of walking uh, trails that have been incorporated into what they should look like and what that's like. So the idea is that it is the residents of these new areas, they are going to be able to walk anywhere and get to anything very, very quickly and easily, easy, easier than getting in their car to drive. Um, and we're going to cover it through that parkland dedication. And that's going to fall back to the site plan approval um, that will hopefully be passed in this municipal plan. Exactly. Yeah. In other words, yeah. they'll work exactly. with you as the yeah. as the land the town planner, and if they and if their concept or their development concept meets the quote active transportation links and everything, then you're gonna you'll be able to give them immediate approval to start this. Exactly. And if they don't want to do that, if they're not open to it, then what we'll do is they'll have to go through development agreements. Sure. So, um, so two or three-story apartment buildings would be acceptable there. Uh, in this area, yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. We want to see higher density occurring yeah. in that okay. area. Excellent. So, so th th we're kind of looking. We've got the same policies in place for these two areas we're talking about: the south of Stars Road and the southeast quadrant yep. of town. Um, but we've kind of got different visions for each area. The southeast quadrant looks more like a, we want it to be a new residential housing higher density mm. but we also want to allow for a variety of local commercial to happen and different types of residential to happen um, on and the commercial will be happening kind of on main transportation corridor so this is going to be primarily a residential area with a lot of different housing types because okay. it's new development we don't have to worry about respecting the architecture in the area we're going to try out a whole bunch of new types of development in this area okay. and allow it to happen um, mm -hmm. for <laughs> for the statement for the south of stars road we're looking at a variety of larger commercial uses, so hotels, convention mm -hmm. centers, that kind of thing could happen there, as well as residential, so townhouses, higher uh, density apartment buildings. And this goes back to what we were talking about in the previous episode about allowing residential to occur around the Stars Road commercials so that people can actually walk to those uses. Yeah. Um, so those are the two areas. Uh, the goal is to control and direct future residential expansion and create by creating healthy and safe mixed-use communities. And we're gonna do this by one, developing concept plans, which we've done. 
two, directing growth um, to to the southeast quadrant and of the town and the south of Stars Road. And three, expediting the development process through site plan approval. So developers that want to develop here. We're not restricting development in the rest of the town. We've got a lot of enabling policies happening, but there's going to be a lot of benefits for developers who want to develop in these areas and develop within our vision. Um, so what do you guys think about the new areas and this overall, the overall intent for these areas? Is there any developers already that are interested in developing in these areas currently that have come to you and said we'd like to develop here? Yes, that's actually why we've targeted this area, uh, these two areas, is because I was getting a lot of developers coming in to do development agreements, but they were only looking at one property, a small property. They're doing piecemeal development, mm, mm, and okay. it's all along the main corridors. They're not looking at you know subdividing the large pieces of land and putting in new streets and that kind of thing. It, it's, it wasn't big picture. It was little uh, hodgepodge development happening. So the reason we have put together these concept plans for this area is because we weren't happy with that kind of development that was happening. We'd rather see uh, a little bit more controlled growth uh, so that it's a they're better developments in the end. And I think it's actually, s we're supporting developers in that uh, they know that the town is going to control the kinds of development that's happening there and what the overall development looks like. So their development, even if they're doing just a small piece, will be much more successful because it fits into a bigger picture. Um, so that's that's the idea. And I'm really excited about this. <laughs> I can't wait till I someone comes in. I yeah. hope somebody buys all that land and says, I'm going to do your whole concept plan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, this is exciting. <laughs> this is exciting because the, uh, uh, the area of uh, the area south of Stars Road, it's ripe for well, it's plan development. Well, it's within walking distance of, like we talked in our episode six about beautifying Stars Road yep. and, and allowing the owners there to, to, to do some smaller buildings, smaller mixed business uses. Um, you're within walking distance of the Mariner Center. You've mm -hmm. got the new high school and the schools within walking distance of, or biking distance. And and I'm just so, I, I'm maybe enthused about the the concept of that South of Stars Road and that Argyle Street area because they're very close to. Well, everything. Everything basically, Nick. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, I'm looking at the Argyle area and the school, and then from the school to walking path to the uh, to the shopping area and then also I don't know how you would encompass as a walking path from the south of Stars Road up to the Mariner Center but there's that there, there's a concept for that that, so, I, that I think that piece of infrastructure to connect that south that Stars Road South area to Mariner Center mm. I think you'll see the town probably consider putting I in that infrastructure right. yeah. that key yeah. key connection um, because it just makes sense. Yeah. And Argyle Street, you're you're so close to the golf course and the curling club. Well, um, that and yeah, and the high yeah. school as well. I mean, well, the high school is a little farther, Forest Street. I mean, it is if you drive. If we've got there. trails that run through there, it might actually be faster. I see it. E e eventually, it will all connect. I think you're right. That's because South yeah. of Stars Road, I was starting to say, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited, actually, about, about both ends yeah. uh, because uh, it's ripe for planned development. Mm. And if, especially now with all this eco-green development, yep. uh, LID, low-impact development, uh, I made some notes here because it's just it was just so so exciting what is being done and what's available out there. 
you've got to go one of the uh, both Martha and, and you Neil you have to uh, um, go to one of these these sustainable community conferences you'll you, you'll not want to go home because mm. it's just it's just full of so much good goodness and good ideas um, uh, just the smart infrastructure alone that we started on Hawthorne, we could continue up there. We could keep on keep on going. Um, the low impact development. Now I'm just going to use one example, and that's permeable concrete alone. It and I had to write these things down. It, they uh, it improves the quality of runoff water. It visually unifies streetscapes. It relieves flooding in storm sewers. Eliminates surface puddles and that freeze thaw cycle, which causes potholes, uh, snow melts and drains faster, uh, and they cut the need for continuous expansion of drainage infrastructure. You're saving money everywhere. Does it mention maintaining the water table? Yes, okay. it helps. Uh, even the different colored paver stones, uh, they, save, uh, they save time and money because you're not going to have to continually send staff out there to keep repainting the lines on asphalt. Uh, they simplify surface and subsurface repairs with no patches. Doesn't the uh, the parking lot between Main and, and uh, Hawthorne Street, I think that might need to be resurfaced. That might yeah. be on our list of oh projects. Oh, gosh, I hope so. Wouldn't that be these awesome to do a test site for permeable pavement parking? Oh, oh yes. Because these things, okay, they're, 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 they're a little more expensive than your average asphalt. <laughs> but they no. have a life cycle of 50 years. Wow. There already, you're getting your money back. Um, well, that's, uh, we, and we've man, incorporated oh right into this statement for these areas that it stormwater runoff in the area and how we develop and the low impact development measures is going to be crucial because if we develop all pavement and pave that whole area and don't do it properly, <sighs> the rest of the town is going to be in big trouble because uh -huh. we just can't handle the stormwater runoff that would occur from the development. Okay. So that's going to okay. be really important that developers incorporate those kind okay. of features, and I'll make sure that my staff are extremely knowledgeable on what those are and how to do it so that we can support the and developers. And we're also going to be protecting the broad what's left of Broad Brook. Are we not all the way yes. through there? Yes, we've proposed a larger contour protection mm -hmm. around uh, Broadbrook, and we're also doing a certain setback between property lines and that contour where it can only be developed on slab. And that, I mean, we're protecting the people who are developing because their basements will flood if they if they don't develop on slab, and we're, we're protecting others around the town because that area, we need the Broadbrook. It's a natural... Water retention area—it's where the water flows, and we need to preserve that if we want to prevent flooding elsewhere in our town. Um, so mm -hmm. we are building on on those. That's the the policies around stormwater runoff and the brook and climate change. They might sound um, stringent, but I think that is the one place that we need to require developers to do it right. We can be flexible in a lot of areas, but. These developments, they're going to last, they're going to be there a long time, and if they're not done right, they're going to cause a lot of issues for the town. Well, and the Canadian yeah. Wildlife Federation would love us. One question. Yeah. Um, there is another area that could be uh, not similar to south of Stars Road, but let's say you take the Walmart and the Superstore. I call it the old Blueberry Hill area. Uh, Keith DeFry used to have a farm up there. And there is a bit of uh, pasture land left. You have me meadow field, not meadow fields, um, 
the, the meadows. The meadows. meadows. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have, uh, you know, Hibernia Extension, Oak Drive, and that is residential, and it connects into the shopping district. Is there is that area there? Uh, what is that area zoned? Is it? It's it's zoned residential holding at okay, the moment. Okay, so um, that's not because the whole point of this strategy is to enable smart development along existing infrastructure. Right, and there's no the existing the infrastructure no, there. No, we've got big properties mm-hmm. there that are that could be really great for development but we have better areas in the town where the services are already there so it'll be a lot less expensive in the time being to to develop in these areas so we're not saying no to development there Mm. we're just not making it easy um, because it would cost us a lot Um, that's a lot of there's a lot (laughs) you know there's a lot of people out there that agree with you um, because uh, the buzzwords, the buzzwords are out migration <laughs> and um, housing, affordable, or just well, housing. Th- we have more just than housing. We ha- just housing. <laughs> we are um, uh, our inventory of 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 uh, housing that people are asking for and needing doesn't exist no that's right because we have our my generation our friends my personal friends in our generation um we started a whole new a whole new type of out migration because they know exactly where they want to live how they want to live um they have the they have the uh, the financial means uh, and they know and where they want to no live. Existing, there's no when they downsize, yeah, they don't. They don't want to leave. In, in they don't want to leave town. But the problem is, what they want, we don't have. We don't presently have in our inventory. Uh, give them the square footage that they that they're asking for. The upscale center location, so that they can walk and not have to d- and not drive to yep. the theaters, shopping, restaurants, parks. I'm give them the ocean view, their golf course. And they'll stay. I'm going to show my political side a little be bit here because be this is this is because I'm they've said so. But here's our problem. They'll stay because they this said they would. This is the problem, and I think that it's going to get better. We we had a government in Canada who did not see value in census data. So mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. and developers and planners use the long form census data to understand need in our community. And by removing that and outdating our information, we've got developers coming here who's looking at dated data yep. and they are not able to take the leap or the put the investment in because they don't see that there is those income levels of that age group that would be in demand for their properties and I can't show them any data that supports it I can tell them look I truly believe that these people need it but I need to show them the data before they invest now we've got a new government that believes in long-form census data Woo! Yep. <laughs> and it's coming we're gonna do census so all of you all I'm I'm being really honest, Madeline. These people mm. who are communicating to you, tell them the to census data is so important because we're going to have that, and I can use it and take it to developers and prove why we need that kind of development. We need so it badly. Just because a little plug on why you might hate taking your census, yeah. <laughs> filling it out, but yeah. it is important. But we need it badly because even just just we alone, we have lost five friends, couples. 
in mm-hmm. in our in our uh, uh, in our age group, simply because yeah they wanted to down that they're downsizing, which is which is what what we're yeah. we're going to be looking at, uh, but they have the funds, they've got the discretionary income, they you know, know what they want, but we don't have the inventory. I'm just and thinking I, and, the and discussion, they, and, and they don't want to wait another five six years. Downsize. You know. We're having that discussion at home. We we're all looking are. At this, oh my God, this big, huge house. What are we doing with we, this? We, we are. Know? Yeah, we. But we'll be tied. We sell the place because when the daughters still want to come home, they want to come home to that. They want to come home. They want to come home. So. Anyway. Well, and 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 I don't. I know this is off topic, but it, no, it, it, I but don't. It no, it's it's on topic. Because this is right on topic. These these concerns and these statements that you're saying, this is what we tried to incorporate into this new strategy, yeah. so that we can allow um, development to address these problems that are occurring. Yeah. So it's completely on topic. And, and Fill out your senses. I'm not interested in <laughs> owning anything. No, that's that that's. Uh, I I that's want the latest agreed you know, trend. I, I do have. I do have uh, some, I'm certainly not wealthy, but I I can afford the rent I'm paying. But heaven forfend that somebody should say to me, okay, we've got this condo. I don't want to buy a condo. I don't want to have to, I want to rent. I want to pick up the phone and say, I need to put in whatever, come and do it. Uh, So the, and, and I believe that sort of middle-income seniors are looking for precisely that. We're not looking to own and have it as part of an estate. We're looking to rent. Yeah, yeah they want, um, it's turned to looking for turnkey rental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yep. Okay. I so just want to do one last plug, please, for the yeah. Southeast Quad. We talked about uh, south of Stars Road. There's south of Stars Road, and then there's and the southeast quadrant. The southeast quadrant. quadrant. Yep. And I just wanted to give a plug. Uh, I think the southeast quadrant is a great start. Start there, too. because its experience will benefit the future development further southwest, down by down by the uh, going down towards the golf course, the golf club. Mm. Uh, anywhere else in the world, you've got prime real estate. People pay mega dollars for real estate that not only Book. has an ocean view unobstructed, and a beautiful meandering brook, but also go down in the evening and fly fish, maybe. You know? Yeah, <laughs> but right smack fish dab flies. next to a golf and country yep. club. Yep. Everywhere else in the world, they pay mega dollars for that, yep. and we are still well, so there's affordable. There's also the uh, so there's also the ball field center there. Let the southeast mm-hmm. quadrant yep. go for it. Right. I know. I love the Broadbrook Trail. Mm. Yep. Start with that, and from that experience, you'll just perfect it for down by the golf course. Exactly. Do we have enough uh, infrastructure for there? Uh, for the area that Madeline's referring mm-hmm. to. Um. Part of it. Part of it. Part I of it, yes. You know what? I think that that area makes more sense than the area over by the meadows mm-hmm. that Neil was talking yeah. about. Yes, like it would I be agree. the next place. Yep. And I think if there was somebody interested in developing there, we could make it easy for them and we could 
we could do what we have to do to make it a smart development as well. Mm. Yes, uh, we I was just going to say, especially yep. with the smart infrastructure. Yep. The yep. LID, oh yeah. Yep. yep. Oh yes. So that Mind is you. that statement. And then there, there is one more, but we've, we've, we've talked about this one a lot. And I'm going to, I'm actually going to direct listeners if you're interested um, this this next statement is on institutional buildings and uses, and we really talked about this in one of our previous episodes called institutional zoning. Right. Uh, we had a very good discussion on yeah. that, and there was a good, actually it was an good, excellent yeah, podcast. I think a well listened to by the way episode. Yeah. So basically, what what's going on in the town, and I think this is happening. I I mean, I get the impression it's happening all over the world, not just in Canada and in rural Nova Scotia, but these large institutional buildings built for institutional uses, churches, schools, um, hospitals, those kind of things. Sometimes these buildings become surplus. And when they become surplus, what do you do with them? Because they were designed for that use. They're often in residential areas. And um, they're not feasible to be solely for residential because they're so large. Um, so what we've done is we've put in a statement where we allow these facilities to allow to permit commercial uses to use their facilities, um, so that the institutional use wallets, with I while they're still existing, can generate income. Um, and then we've also allowed for the redevelopment of these institutional buildings when the institutional use is no longer feasible. Uh, to uh, mixed commercial, residential, and light industrial through development agreement. So I think that's a pretty progressive policy. We're excited about it. Mm. And the new municipal planning strategy supports what those changes that we've done recently there. Everybody hold their thumbs up to the microphones so the listeners can hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thumbs yeah. up on Here that are one. Thumbs. <laughs> so yeah. We've talked a lot yeah. about that at that last episode. We I did. have some. Yeah. I have yeah. some. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I think it's snowing, Nick. Sure it is. It is snowing <laughs> oh, outside. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. It is snowing in lovely Yarmouth. <laughs> That's all right. I just planted my garden wow. on the weekend, so uh, I'll so get some fertilizer going here. There you go. I think right. that's a visual cue That's that we should wrap safe. up here. Yeah. You, know, you know, just one minute. Just on that, just on that note, Neil, I don't think we all know exactly how many people envy us for where we live, for what we have going here. We apparently have more growing days than the Annapolis Valley. I, I'm not I mean a climatologist. I wouldn't know, but I was told And the entire area. town is stretched all along the waterfront, yep. all along the ocean. Yep. I love it here. Oh. Yep. I love it. So I have a Stephanotis and a, and a Jasmine out on my veranda. Uh, mind you, the last two days I've had to put plastic bags over top of them mm -hmm. in order to provide a little greenhouse but it's April the 26th and my jasmine and my stephanotis are outside and here it is snowing out yeah. that's all right <laughs> they won't last. it's on the veranda yeah <laughs> I have a dandelion growing in my grass <laughs> <laughs> you don't know where oh. I live <laughs> my oh. bird of paradise is going I'm out on I'm Mother's lucky Day I have a <laughs> can I, we're, we're can I accept this as your final comment? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you this all is a for, wonderful doing community. No. for doing this mar marathon session of <laughs> podcasting with us. We should do this more often. We could totally handle two topics in a day. Right? We, go. Oh, yeah. 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 we should have food, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would have ordered us some food <laughs> if yeah. I hadn't known we'd be here this long. There is one thing, if I may, if I could yeah. share. Because we used to we used to just go around for, for last yep. last comments around the table. Are we doing that? You yes. can go. Neil. Go ahead. No, no after yeah. you. 
I just wanted to say that we here in Yarmouth, we have what it takes to be a model rural urban center. You got that? Mm -hmm. Rural rural urban center? Urban rural. Okay, urban (laughs) rural. Any way you want. Whatever, yeah. But we have. We have everything here that that takes to become a model for that. Mm -hmm. And we also have the right people in place to do it now. It's an exciting time to be in Yarmouth. It really is. Looking forward. I guess if we're, we're being sentimental and doing final comments, I'm feeling, I was just saying to Nick, I just finished my master's. I defended my thesis. I'm graduating on May 30th. That's my convocation date. Um, the MPS document, I'm holding a draft in front of me. These are my big, huge projects that have kept me up at night. We're almost done this. I said, I'm just going to be a normal person who works 40-hour work weeks <laughs> no. very soon. Um, so I'm feeling kind of nostalgic, and I would just I just wanted to thank you all and thank the town of Yarmouth for letting me work on this project. I'm not that I'm going anywhere, but for it's been an amazing experience writing this municipal planning strategy and working with Morris and Jeff. And I am I so enjoyed the public participation, which we are going to continue to do. Mm. Um, and I am so excited about the policies that are coming out of this. I can't. It's an exciting time in Yarmouth. I can't wait till I do my first it site is. plan approval. Like it's it's exciting. So thank you for that. Um, Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm done. <laughs> uh, so that's all for today. And yep. thank you. Well, just before, just before, <laughs> I want to encourage people to go to the Yarmouth website, click on the survey, <laughs> view the municipal planning strategy online, and to subscribe to your newsletter. Yes. And make How any comments. How do we do that? I'm convinced we are paying you. So all you do... Go to the town of Yarmouth <laughs> website, yeah, and it it'll probably we have, have this the most public participation, <laughs> you know. Then I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Go to the town of Yarmouth website. We have this great new website with this cool new bar that says "I want to," yes. and all you got to do is go "I want to." S- subscribe to a podcast and if you click on that it also on the same page it has our newsletter there's the podcast and the newsletter right there and you can subscribe to them both um so that is really awesome and easy and thank you (laughs) no problem uh so that is all for today thank you all for listening and for our pac members who have marathoned it out and and uh, helped us put out these two new episodes Uh, This was Planning on the Edge, a podcast presented to you by the Town of Yarmouth's Planning Advisory Committee. A new episode will be shared each month. Listen in as our Planning Advisory Committee learns about the world of municipal planning in the Town of Yarmouth. Uh, If you'd like to meet the committee in person, then by all means, please stop by May 3rd, first Tuesday of the month, 7 o'clock p.m., counselors chambers um we'll be talking about all of this and more and we welcome your thoughts and opinions don't feel don't (laughs) don't feel like you'll be put on the spot and we just want to we just want to meet you so please come out um i'd like to give a big thank you shout out to nick doucette who was also on this episode and helped us with our with our tech and equipment and thank you to rain over st ambrose for letting us use their song broken love as our intro music thanks for listening Thank you.